Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Boundless Gamers Podcast. This is episode 43. My name is Mike, and joining me today is the woman who hates Garrus, the cockroach alien from the Mass Effect series, the queen of art, Ashley, aka Ashy Slashy. My mouth just dropped. Uh, that is a false statement, uh, listeners. Uh, Garrus is Space Daddy, um, and he's not a cockroach. It clearly states in the first game that he's part bird. You're a cockroach. Hi, everybody. When did they say that in Mass Effect? It's, it's like, I remember being the first game, like, the last time I played it. Like the Codex? No, they literally talk about, like, there's two soldiers when you're in the ship and you're, like, so when you're walking around or whatever, and they're like, man, those, uh, oh, I can't think of what their species is right now, but, uh, they talk about how their bones are hollow like birds. That's why they're so quick and everything and agile. That doesn't mean he's a bird. I'm a bird. He looks more like a lizard. You like a lizard? Or an insect. That's why I call him cockroach. No, we ain't going there. So, just gonna say, obviously y'all are gonna hear this on Thursday, but recording on Sunday. So, happy Easter, belated Easter to everybody. Yeah, I saw a bunny running around uh, my front yard earlier. It was a brown one. There's like a little family of them like that live around here. I saw a bunch of human bunnies, so. Hopefully they weren't creepy. No, they're actually pretty cool. Okay, good. good In context, I went to the Renaissance, the Georgia Renaissance Fair today for oh. my birthday. It was a lot of fun. Me and Mike already discussed this, but I am trying not to itch my flesh off right now because I think I have a mild case of sun poisoning. But that's okay. I told you that I wanted to talk about a very special character. We went to, so at the back of this fair is where all the jousting was. There was a lady that just popped out of nowhere called the Meat Lady. Literally what I said. M-E-A-T Lady. Who was yelling Meat across the stadium. Uh, and selling her meatwares, a.k.a. jerky. Oh, I was going to ask, like, what, what was she selling? A that beef was, jerky? yep. Okay. That was her, yeah. Oh, and any man that did not want her meaty bits, she heckled you. So it was fantastic. I loved her, and uh, she made it to Indy, my husband. Oh. And it was like, you know you want some of my meats? And he's like, uh, I can look, but I can't touch and she looked at me and I was like yeah he only wants this meat and I held up my ring hand mm. she's like honey I get it but some meat some men just need some meat and uh, we compared boobies she even had a squeaker in between her breasts so if you looked at her chest she would honk squeak her titties at you well, and you want to know how she how you paid her? How? She literally had a sack in between her legs. She called her ball sack, and that's oh, how you paid God. her. Oh God! You put the money down <laughs> her sack. 
Uh, she was a wonderful delight. I loved her. We could have easily been friends. But you could hear her clearly across the whole stadium. <laughs> yelling for meats. And she said if you paid two more dollars, she would drink with you afterwards. Yeah, she really gets into it then. Oh, yeah. She would give you extra honks with her titties. If you gave her two more dollars or an extra dollar. She was a spicy lady. I loved her. And for all you people out there who are like, what's jousting again? I mean, I guess you can look it up. But if you've seen the movie The Cable Guy. <laughs> or The Cable Guy. There's jousting in The Cable yeah, Guy. Yeah, yeah. When Jim Carrey and Matthew Broderick, they go to one of those like fair things and they go get on the horses. Oh, well, I was going to say go watch A Knight's Tale. That too. Yeah, that works. That's the best one. But anyways, that's what I did today. I didn't do anything, really. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I tried to just sleep. That was it. And I couldn't sleep. Oh. I don't sleep much, so my body just wanted to lay down and zone out. Oh, well, at least you, like, tried <laughs> to just zone out. So speaking of zoning out, I think you should tell our people where else they can zone out and listen to us. Oh. Oh, I like that segue. You're welcome. Told you I'm sassy this week. So where where can they like check us out at? Well, we can make it real easy for them. They could just go down to the description, and our link tree link is down there. That will take you to all of our social media pages. Everything's there. We made it very simple for you guys. You don't have to go all over the place and type in Boundless Gamers. Just head on over to that link tree page, and you're good to go. Would you say it's a banging good time over there? I think it's a banging good time. It, it depends. It depends. No. What do you mean? Positivity. On Twitch, it's a banging good time. In our link tree. <laughs> we are the Boundless Gamers. So please, give us some love. Subscribe and follow all those things. And if you do that, you'll make Ash very happy. I like snuggles, too. I like back rubs. Or chicken and waffles. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> Give me chicken and waffles. All right, Ash. We can jump into what we're playing. So, what have you been playing this past week? Uh, I am trying desperately to still beat Horizon Forbidden West. Um, I'm like almost level 50 and I think I'm definitely at the point of no return. One of my biggest things about this game was I was really hoping there's like mild flirting in here and I was like, oh my God, Aloy, the main character is going to finally get some dick or, or, you know, lady bits if you swing that way. But for the longest time, like, when I played the first game, now this one, I've always loved Eren, but there is a fine, meaty man of the tribes who is missing... Oh, uh, okay, whatever. He's missing an arm. Katalo is his name, and I want his man giblets with Aloy. But, uh, yeah, apparently there's no romance options, so, uh... I need DLC, please. Oh, it's coming. 
the DLCs are coming. I, I, that hasn't been confirmed, but I'm pretty sure you're getting at least a few expansions. Yeah, but I need, like, we go out on a date uh, DLC, because, listen, the man, the man has been through some shit. He's missing his arm. Yes, yeah. And he needs some sexual healing. And so does Aloy. You hear that, Gorilla Games? Put that in your next expansion. Yes. We'll ride off into the sunset on a massive robotic mammoth. It'll be magical. I don't know why, but I'm thinking of the grease scene at the end when the car goes up into the sky. We come together. Yeah, that. I know what you're talking about. I don't know why. My brain went immediately to Greece, but it did. <laughs> that is pretty funny. <laughs> but yeah, I have like I can't I feel like I can't say anything about the game, but I am trying desperately. There's so much to do in this game. And I am trying like I, I've I've had ups and downs with Horizon and either like it puts me to fucking sleep or it's just it is very drawn out. But on another note, I have another game on back burner that I am refusing to touch until I beat Horizon. And that is I guess it's a re release. I don't I'm not sure if it's like a remaster or anything. But anyways, Chrono Cross. Oh, okay. Yeah, Andy got me that uh I guess technically for my birthday. He got it for me on Xbox, so I'm like absolutely refusing to touch it until I beat Horizon. Didn't we talk about that when we did our first episode together, Chrono Cross? That is one of my favorite games. Um, and then it was a news article recently that it was being re-released. So I'll finally have something to talk about soonish. I think. <laughs> what are you playing? I didn't really play much this week, but there was another game I played the previous week that I beat and finished, but I didn't talk about it on the show because I wanted to talk about it with you because it's a horror oh. game. And I, I figured, like, well, let me just save this. And because I'm special? Yeah. <laughs> sort of. A little bit. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. It's a birthday. Be nice. The whole week, though? I treat it as a whole week. And before you know it, it's the month. Uh, Indy says that too. <laughs> That's how I act. Uh, it's an Aries thing. It's like the people during the holidays where they leave all their trees and stuff up and it's like March or February. Uh, that happened to us. Is that a lazy thing or you just didn't want to? Uh, it could be also a depression thing too. And just like staring at it was also a real tree. So I couldn't lift it on my own. I had to wait for Indy to be able to have enough energy. This is besides the point. Don't derail me. Tell yeah, me about I, that's your my game. bad. Yeah, it's the evil within too. I'm sorry about that, guys. Back on track. This is a very interesting game because there's some things I really like about it, and then there's some other decision the the decisions that they made. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know about that. Is it only on one console? No, it's on Xbox. Uh, it's an Xbox One game. It's it, You can play it on Xbox One, PS4, 
uh, the new consoles via backwards compatibility or on PC. So we oh, have okay. options. Cool. No Switch. Sorry. Yeah, for some reason I thought it was like a Sony exclusive. I don't know why I was thinking that. But yeah, the game has a very well-written story. I think it has a far superior story over the first one. Uh, I can't talk about it, though. Because if you haven't played or beaten the first game all the way, me mentioning any of the story beats will reveal what's really going on in the Evil Within universe. So I can't mention any of that. I'm sorry. I know Jacques appreciates that. When he listens to this, Mm. he's going to be like, thank you, because I haven't played the game yet. I was just going to say your big ol' stinky tease. I'll just say this. The Evil Within, the series, has a a nice layer of sci-fi and horror mixed together. Ooh. And you might be wondering, like, what does that mean? I've seen gameplay footage of it. What are you talking about? Well, go play and find out. Yeah, because it looks more just like gore porn. Yeah, it looks like traditional Silent Hill or Resident Evil kind of shit, but... Trust me, guys, there's uh, there's some interesting things in this. But yeah, it has a more accurate aiming system. Uh, the stealth mechanics are a lot better in this. If you're not a stealth guy, you know, that might be a turnoff for you, but they double down with the stealth and the evil within, too, and I appreciate that because I'm always looking for stealth in my games. I love stealth. I know so many people who hate it. I don't know why. Maybe because it's... They don't they don't like things that slow you down. They're very much so balls to the wall and want to run through a game and just be that soldier aspect. I don't know. I love sneaking around. A lot of people have that Michael Bay blood in them when they play video games. They just want to see shit blowing up everywhere. That's a good way to put it. Just how it is. I mean, that's fine. I, I love playing those kind of games, but sometimes I like shit to be just a little bit slower and sneaky. Yeah, sneaking up behind you, hiding in a bush, and you chop their butt cheeks off. Yeah, there you go. That's what you do. But in my opinion, the first game seems a bit more scarier. I'm not saying the second one isn't. It does have its moments, and there's some really creepy shit in this. But with the first game, I felt fear. Not fear, but I was very uncomfortable playing the game the entire time. I wasn't really feeling that with the second game. Mm Mm-hmm. I did beat the game on Nightmare difficulty. That is the hardest difficulty. Oh, Before gosh. they patched it and they added another one that's just insane. I'm not going to do that. But uh, but yeah, speaking of Nightmare difficulty, there's three sections in the campaign where I think they did a terrible job at providing the player with enough resources and ammo. Especially during one particular boss fight, because during the fight they give you next to no ammo. Now, if if one of you are listening and you're saying to yourself, like, well, Mike, you can craft your own ammo in the Evil Within 2 and all that, so it's not a big deal. Well, if you play it on Nightmare difficulty, your resources is very limited. And if you get to a certain section and it saves and you got to encounter, like, this particular boss I'm referring to, I can't say what it is, Uh you're just going to have to fight it with a knife. And on Nightmare difficulty, they're going to drop you very quick, so... That wasn't designed well. Uh, so that kind of happened to me two days ago in Horizon, where I just kept dying and because I forgot to reload all of my ammo, and I was just, 
I was like, let's go! Because <laughs> I'm like wanting to beat it so bad. Yeah, that sucks. Crafting on the fly is cool, and I really like it, but sometimes it can be really annoying and tedious. Yes. I think I prefer just the old school picking shit up. I was going to say, like, it also depends on how the game implements it, too. Right. Because Horizon, it is so slow to craft fucking ammo. There might have been an upgrade where they speed it up a little bit, but still, it, it can be frustrating with some of the uh, yes things you have to craft. One of the ammo types, I forget which one it was, it, you would sit there and hold down the button for like five seconds. Yes. I mean, granted, it makes everything slow-mo, so it's the camera slow-mo, and then you are slowly crafting your ammo so it's kind of almost defeats the purpose the big thing that's different in evil within 2 is they implemented these like wide open area sections it's mm. not open world but it feels like a small little sandbox that you can travel around in and explore okay interesting now that's not the whole game there are sections of the game that are still linear you go inside of a building then it's your typical evil within level layout system but well it makes sense for the story i understand why they did it but at the same time i think i just prefer linear only with this series i don't need it to be that big i know yeah. it opens up different ways you can do things where i'm just like come on just just point a point b i'm good i don't, <laughs> I don't need all this most horror is linear to to kind of aid in that creepy factor almost what was I gonna say you feel a little bit more claustrophobic that's the word i was looking for that one path almost feel like you can't turn around and all that stuff that's why i love dead space i feel like i'm in a closet the whole time fuck the vents you never know when things are gonna pop out and fuck the bathrooms Bathrooms are never good in video games, especially horror games. Something's going to happen in there. Something's hiding in the stall, or something's going to come in while you're checking out yeah. something in, in the back end. If I have to head into a bathroom, I make sure I'm prepared before I walk in it. Same. Same in real I life. Creep, I creep into them. Mm -hmm. All because of Dead Space and Silent Hill. They have ruined me in bathrooms. <laughs> But yeah, I really like Evil Within 2. It's just, I can see some people leaning towards the first one for certain reasons. Yeah. But if you're purely into the story, I think you're going to have a really good time with the sequel. I, I think it I think it beats the first game in that department, hands down. Well, if I ever grow uh, some balls and decide to play it, I'll take your word for it. I think you should. You're the horror lady. I think you'll like these games. I, I know you've watched uh, Indy play some of the first one. Yes, I like watching him play them. I mean, y'all have seen me barely touch anything horror because I'm a giant pussy when it comes to playing them. Love horror movies. I know I've talked about this before, but there's just something very different about you controlling what's happening to you in a video game. Stressful. A little off topic, but have... Well, I guess it's still on topic. We're talking about horror. Have you ever played any horror games in VR? Because I know you have a VR unit there. Um, 
There was one that was more so... Oh, Indy knows what it, what it was, because I saw him playing it, and I'm like, ooh, I want to try this. Where you're pretty much on a roller coaster, and you have to shoot the targets and the monsters and everything. I had to take some breaks, because something with VR makes me really nauseated, but that one... Not only was it creepy as fuck, it was literally a fun ride. Because no matter which way you turned, you didn't know where things were going to pop up. And then the ambience of the game. So, yes, but not in a traditional I know which way. game you're talking about. It's uh, in it's Until Dawn yes. Rush of Blood. I think that's the name of it. Yes. And if you have VR, I would totally recommend Ow, I had a pain. Uh, I would totally recommend playing that because it, it's done really, really well. I've seen people play that on YouTube, and I know that's not the same. Because watching no, somebody play a VR game is, is not not a good representation. You are fully immersed when you are in VR. Well, when the VR 2 comes out, and if I can get my hands on it, I will play some horror games on it. Have you ever played VR at all? Never. Not once. There's no kiosks anywhere, and I don't know anybody who has one locally. Uh, we have the VR, the PlayStation VR for four. But yeah, that's it. I don't have any other games. I am playing something right now, but I'm going to talk about it next week. I mentioned it in Discord, in one of the chats on there. So if you follow us on our official Discord page, you can see what I'm playing. Mm-hmm. If you don't go on Discord, you're going to have to wait for the next episode. Yeah, Discord has its own little power because not only we sometimes have, like, we just recently had a little party uh, last night where we played Among Us and then we chatted through the Discord. So there's that. And then we're also pretty active on there. So if you ever want to, like, chat with us and stuff like that. And then when I do my drawing streams, you can even put in drawing requests in there mm -hmm. as well. We usually try to put our announcements on all the social medias, but we definitely put it in Discord, and then you'll be alerted easier that way, too. Just keep plugging in them socials, Ash. Or did I bring it up? No, I'm the one who brought it up first. Never mind. <laughs> yes, but it's a good thing. It is a good thing. Yeah, it is. Some people um, are like still either, like, I don't know if they're like kind of afraid of Discord or like they don't understand it. But I would treat it as it's literally just another instant messenger. So that's why we. I also want to help remind people we also have that form of communication. If that's if you prefer to do Discord and be more readily available to whatever is going on with the Balanced Gamers, there's that way. If not, you can find us on the other normal ones. So Well said. Anyways... I guess that's it for the uh, what we're playing section. We can move on to the inventory. I don't know why I said it like that. Moving on to the inventory. News. Way better than me. <laughs> now we have four items in the bag this week. I've decided to keep the news on the light side in this episode. So we yes, can spend good. a bit more time on our main topic. Oh. Because it's a good one. 
Oh, yeah, boy. That's a good one. They already know because they see the thumbnail, which we haven't made yet. We, I don't even know what it looks like. <laughs> In the future. <laughs> Anyways, let's get into the news. To the news. Number one. Halo the Master Chief Collection received a huge update from 343 Industries. The biggest thing in the update is Flood Fight, which is basically the firefight mode you're familiar with. But instead of fighting the Covenant, you're fighting the creepy infected Flood. I have not played this yet. It's and great. I hear you guys talking about it. So we're going to set something up so I can play with y'all. Definitely. I had a lot of fun with it. It's really okay. cool. Mm, I'm excited. I need I need to play this. But that's not all. They oh. have more stuff in that update. They added UI adjustments, uh, changed okay. Forge and mod tools, added campaign crossplay for Halo 3 and Halo 3 ODST. There's also campaign customization in Halo 4, new multiplayer medals in Halo 3, changes to monthly challenges, and new skulls to Halo 2, 3, and Halo 3 ODST. Hmm. Because of this big update, Ash, the Halo Infinite player count fell below the Master Chief collection on Steam. I like all the stuff they put in this patch for the Master Chief collection, but here's the problem. Okay. What about Halo Infinite? That's what I was like, <laughs> well, I hear about two, three, four. That's great and all, but I'm with you. I know season two is about to launch and it's going to have two maps and a few new modes. But when you compare it to this, it's like table scraps. I'd rather have a flood mode in, in Halo Infinite. Where's 343's yeah. priorities right now? I don't understand this. Now, I'm sure there's just a small team working on the Master Chief Collection, and then you got everybody else focusing on infinite i'm sorry my brain just can't wrap around this I, I i don't understand how the master chief collection can have a better update than what's coming for halo infinite and that's the relevant new halo game that's crazy <laughs> i'm not oh. a game developer but that's not right something's off here indy would be just going nuts right now yeah I was just trying to think as for development sake, what would happen unless they're just having lots of issues that they're just not telling the people with like, I don't know, software, hardware, whatever, unless there's people leaving. I mean, there's been a decent amount of people who've left. They get like temporary people to, to, to do certain things. They jump in and they jump out. That that messes with flow. It, it just seems like they don't really have a good leadership over there. That's what made me live. They've been working on this game for so long. What, six years? And then when it launched, it, it was like very little content. And the funny thing is, if you go a year before that, that's when it was originally going to launch. So what the hell was the game going to look like back in 2020? There's no telling. But yeah, if you have what? all this fluctuation with people, that that is a huge thing 
to not get something out. And on top of that, why there's constant changes and nothing being done because you don't have that dedicated uh, team is super huge. So if that's the case, that makes a lot more sense to me. Yeah, 343 is a big studio. It's just... But if people are in and out like a revolving door? Yeah, I mean, I've heard about that for a while now. Yeah. And that's common to a certain degree, but it seems like they just freelance a lot of shit. And I, I, don't, I don't know. It's strange to see all this stuff happen to a Microsoft studio. Yeah. That's weird. I'm still saying the same thing since 2012. I don't think 343 was the right developer for Halo. I'm not saying they're not talented. I'm not saying they can't make games. But it just seems like Halo is just not for them. I've been saying that for 10 years. You need to lock it down. And and lock some people down. Like Take care of your, take care of your workers, your game developers, and they will stay. Anyways, that's more internal talk and everything. But that makes a lot more sense of why things are all scatterbrained. Yeah, we don't know 100% what's going on behind the walls, but stuff leaks out and then you see what the game's doing and then all this development time and then there's nothing really coming out. So there's something going on there. There's something weird's going on over there. All right, so what's what's the next one? One that's going to probably put you to sleep. Oh. It's money maybe, talk. Maybe some coffee. Sony invests $1 billion into Epic Games to help create the metaverse. Now, this is big news, but this is all financial stuff and investments and things like that. But they're not the only ones who dropped a billion dollars. Lego also put a billion dollars down on Epic Games. So they received like two massive briefcases of money recently. Damn. Now, before this, Sony invested $450 million. So now they're hovering around 1.5 billion into Epic Games. Oh my god. There's a quote here from Kenichiro Yoshida, if I don't I think I'm pronouncing that right. Uh he just, you know, goes into like, "Oh, we're thrilled to invest and stuff like that." And the, the here's the thing about the metaverse, he says we are thrilled to invest in Epic to deepen our relationship in the metaverse field, a space where creators and users share their time. We're also confident that Epic's expertise, including their powerful game engine, combined with Sony's technologies, will accelerate our various efforts, such as development of... Uh, blah, 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 blah. That's what they mean by multiverse. <laughs> metaverse? The multiverse. The Marvel characters come in. Well, they... Well, Epic Games does have Marvel characters in Fortnite, so maybe that's where my brain was going. So I'm a little confused. So are they trying to bridge the gap between developers and gamers together so all creators can come together? Is that what that is? I guess. So here's the rest of the quote. It just says, we'll accelerate... Our various efforts, such as the development of new digital fan experiences in sports and our virtual production initiatives. I should have probably mentioned that before, but that's it. That's all they said. Hmm. Epic Games is worth $17.8 billion. So for Lego and Sony to drop that much money on them, they really want a piece of that pie because they have Fortnite. 
They have a ton of other IPs. They have the Epic Games Store. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say just UDK alone. Mm -hmm. That engine is super powerful, and it's been around for a while now. It just keeps getting better and Mm -hmm. better. Yeah, Unreal Engine 5. This is not surprising. Yeah. It's out now, and developers are making games with it. And I can't wait to actually see a full finished game, not just tech demos, but the tech demos look absolutely amazing. And it's in its early stages. I can't even imagine what it's going to look like three years from now. It's going to look crazy. Yeah. Yeah. If a company can afford investing into Epic games, they probably should get into bed with them. Yeah. I'll be curious what they say more about this metaverse thing. Yes. Metaverse, not the multiverse. (laughs) multiverse alright number three Godzilla yes Godzilla has been teased in Call of Duty Warzone in Vanguard season 3 trailer Uh, what yeah I know this is really weird we don't see him in the trailer but a set of radio equipment plays his roar at the conclusion of the trailer but if that's not enough for you like if you don't believe it Call of Duty's Twitter page released an audio of Godzilla roaring. And if you run the sound through a spectrogram, I think that's what it is, a spectrogram. Mm, I didn't write this down in my notes. I'm going off of memory here. I think it's a spectrogram. Uh, You can use that via Audacity, which is what we use to record this podcast. But yeah, if Uh you run it through that, it reveals a text message that says monsters are real. What? So I think there's going to be like a bunch of monsters showing up. Not just Godzilla, it's probably going to be well, some of his guys he fights, and maybe even King Kong, who, who the hell knows. But it's it's just weird to see this in Call of Duty. Yes. The question is, is it just background scenery while you're fighting? You're going to just see Godzilla walking around uh... back there. Is he actually involved in the match? Like, Is he walking around and interfering? Or is both teams fighting him? Because if it's both groups fighting Godzilla... And they're both working together to take him down or or whatever. That'll play. But if it's just some scenery shit, I, I have no interest in that. Yeah. Well, even if it's if it's saying monsters are real, so it's not only Godzilla, but other kaiju. Yeah, I think there's gonna be more than just him. Yeah, so that makes sense. So what it what if it does like kind of similar to the movies where you work with Gojira? Maybe. Um against the other kaiju. This probably would have worked better in Battlefield because of all the vehicles. and Well, Call of Duty has vehicles too, but Battlefield's more... Well, never mind. The, the most recent Battlefield tanked, so it doesn't even matter. But yeah, I could see that yeah. being implemented in the Battlefield games more than Call of Duty, but we'll see. Maybe it'll be cool. Who knows? Well, hold on to your butts. We'll see. We'll see what else they release about that. All right, the last news story... This is something you're going to like. Well, it's something you like, but the news isn't good. Oh, fuck me. Okay. (laughs) All right. Lay it on me. Witcher 3's PS5 and Series X update has been postponed indefinitely. It was originally supposed to come out the first half of this year, but CD Projekt Red decided some changes needed to be made. Wait, you said Witcher 3? Yeah, Witcher 3. They were, they were going to release a PS5 Series X upgraded version. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Not the new Witcher game. The old Witcher game from 2015 was just going to get a nice big bump. 
Okay. Uh, But here's the quote from CDPR. They said, we have decided to have our in-house development team conduct the remaining work on the next-gen version of The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. We are currently evaluating the scope of work to be done and thus have have to postpone Q2 release until further notice. I can't talk tonight. We'll update you as soon as we can. Thank you for understanding. It's funny because I completely forgot they were working on a next-gen patch. I was planning on starting Witcher 3 next month. Like I want, I want to actually play this game and beat it. Because I, I think I need to do this. But once I heard this, I was like, oh, I have a PS5 and a Series X. I'm just going to wait. That doesn't really affect me because I, I played it and I got what I wanted out of it, I feel. I know it's a very loved game. Uh, especially for some of my friends, but I like I got to a certain point and then like all right, this is <sighs> exhausting. So it's I, a I guess kind of like what I'm dealing with. Yes, kind of like what I'm dealing with with Horizon. So I mean, awesome that it's going to happen. But I also know re- fairly recently there was other news about they were opening another branch. With some of the Witcher guys, too. Oh, really? Yeah, it was... We had, like, some kind of news. Um, I think it was one of the episodes that I was on. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. I remember Jacques mentioning something about that. Yeah, and but it was very new, so there was nothing really talked about. So, But that was something different. That I don't think it had really anything to do with Witcher. It kind of makes sense if there's a new company that's being split off. So we'll see. Okay. My take on this is after Cyberpunk 2077, they want to make sure everything they release going forward doesn't have any major issues. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's why they're moving to Unreal Engine 5 for the next Witcher game. I don't even think they trust their own engine anymore oh. plus unreal engine 5 is going to be the next big thing you might as well just jump on that train right now <laughs> it kind of has always been one of the biggest but that's it got nothing else i didn't fall asleep i was actually interested in the um lego and sony dishing out epic money literally all right let's put the bag away because no more news like i said Light news week. This isn't the Boundless Gamers news report show. <laughs> I'm not going to talk we just about have everything. Segments. Yes, if there's stuff I want to talk about. I'll bring it in the show. Anyways, it's time for the topic of the show, Ash. Oh my gosh, what's the topic, Mikey? Well, I almost forgot. <laughs> It's Ask Ash what? Anything. That's what it was. Well, I know the topic. Right. I just forgot the name for a second. Ask Ash Anything. Say that three times fast. But anyway, this is another Q&A session. But this time, we're going to learn a little bit more about the Queen of Art. Oh. Do you like that? Do, do you want that to stick? Do you, do you like the Queen I, of I'm Art? I'm not the Queen of Art, but it's sweet. I think it's sweet. What about Ashy Slashy? Little evil dead I reference. love that. I love that. 
Ashy Slashy. That's what I'm going to call you in the beginning from now on. Ashy Slashy. <laughs> Indy's uh, the, the famous archaeologist. I don't have one. And with Jacques, I just called him French Fry or Frenchy or something, but I never really French gave him fry. a name. Oh, I love that. Well, I just call you Mr. Pistachio because your last name. I guess it's better than Sasquatch because I've been called that <laughs> no, like forever. I call it Indy Sasquatch. Thank you guys for submitting these questions. We appreciate it. It's always nice to hear from you. Yeah, I've tried to avoid them, so I currently I don't remember the questions, so I'm excited to see and hear what the questions are. We are going to start with Brett's questions. It's Ask Ash Anything. If I had some music, I would play it right now, but I'm too lazy. That's okay. There you go. Aw, special. Love it. Ship it. His first question. What is your favorite art piece? Mmm. This is like asking me my favorite fucking movie. Meaning there's many. <sighs> it's that oil painting of Indy you have above the bed. Is that it? I do not have any paintings <laughs> of my husband. Thank you. Um, I've got one that... I don't know. Uh, it's a little... Let's say... like I don't want to say personal. It's not personal. It's Anyways, it has a special place in my heart. I love it. I cannot tell you the name of it. But it was a painting that I got from my uh, late Mima of a girl in the forest. And it almost looks like at twilight. And she's illuminated by this circle of fairies on the ground. Okay. And it's almost it's almost very renaissance-y. Um, it's beautiful. It is a big painting, and I used to hang it up in our apartment. Um, another one I love, and I love the book, is The Girl with the Pearl Earring. That's another Renaissance painting. Um, one that I have in my house right now is a painting from one of my favorite Beast Wreck art. Um, I have a Jason Voorhees busting through some something with wood. It might be a door, it might be a wall or something. But the colors are super, super wild with that one. Yeah, those are the first three that come to mind as one of my favorite art pieces. Um, I also really love H.R. Geiger's custom microphone that he made for corn. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah, his <laughs> microphone stand is custom. Um, the lead singer for Jonathan Davis. This is the name Jonathan Davis. Also like Monet. I like the old masters a lot. The romantic renaissance type stuff is super beautiful. And another one of my favorite artists is uh, Leonardo da Vinci as well. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean. Look at the shit he made. 
<laughs> Hopefully that answers that question because we can go on for a while. That's a good question. He's got a better one. What is your desert island game? Which video game would you take to an island? Okay, that's what I was wondering what it meant. You're stranded. What's the video game that you're going to play for the rest of your life? It would be the Spyro trilogy. Oh, no way. Yes. I I love Spyro, but after like 20 times, you're going to go nuts. No. Spyro... I usually pull out Spyro when I get really, really sad or depressed. It's something I grew up with. And even the remake, I would love to have the original or the remake, either or I'd be happy with. Um, But that series of games, the first two, have such a special place in my heart that I love playing the shit out of them and trying to beat my scores and everything. And plus... The music's magical, the worlds are magical, mm-hmm. and I hope to even pass down that game to all my nieces, and I guess now a nephew, um, because it does, it's such a good game. Spyro is just a, an incredible 3D platformer, and it's one of the yes. few PlayStation 1 games, I'd say, that hold up, like if you actually go back and play the PS1 versions of the game, it holds up. Oh, they did a damn near seamless job remaking it. Oh, yeah. yeah. From the old one to the new one. Because, like, I played that so much that I almost have muscle memory growing up with it. And when I played the new one, I was like, oh, my God, this feels like just the same. It's so good. And that's the other thing. Because um, uh, I, have, I have nieces right now that are between the ages two and four. And I've noticed with, and I haven't been around kids a lot in my life, but now that they love playing video games, but they don't know how to read. So Mm. it's also put a new challenge for me to figure out what games are out there for little kids besides like the leapfrog, where they're not going to get to a certain point that's going to require them to read and they'll be locked out of it. But since I don't know how to read, they're just kind of pressing buttons and everything. And one of their favorite games right now is Animal Crossing. But with Animal Crossing, if if I can't imagine them starting that game, and that is a lot of reading. Spyro's not one of those. Spyro is not one of those. You can jump in and just play. If you want those kind of games, then play Nintendo games. Yeah. Not the JRPGs, like I'm talking about like Mario and shit like that. Yeah, well even still some some stuff with Mario, same thing. Pokemon, no. You have to be able to read with Pokemon. But it was it's been a interesting challenge with me because I've also been a developer, a game developer for ten years. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so enlightening to see these children try to play something and not know what's going on and actually keep coming to you like Help me, help me, and I'm like, oh shit, okay, uh, you, uh, honey, you have to read this, like. <laughs> so, and that's like, uh, anyways, I know it's I'm derailing, but oh, I, I okay. do feel like if there are any parents out there that have really littles, that Spyro would be a great introductory thing because the only one you're gonna really run into is Moneybags. 
he's a bear and what the child has to do is pretty much just collect a certain amount of gems in order to get past him. Other than that, you don't really have to read. So what Ash recommends is uh, put some kids on an island by themselves and let them play Spyro. That's not what I said. I mean, but they can. <laughs> well, 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 we'll observe them from a distance, but they're not going to be totally alone. But we'll just leave them on the beach with a copy of Spyro and all the necessary equipment to play the game. <sighs> no, Uncle Mike. No. Thanks, Brett, for the questions. Those were good ones. Thanks, buddy. Next up is George. George. He has one question. One question. Okay, I did not see George's. Okay. As a woman, what enticed you to get into gaming? Um, to, to get into gaming? Well, there's there's two ways I can answer that. Game development or just gaming? Like I think he just means a, gaming. As a gamer. Okay. Well, there was one episode where I talked about... Um, I, I grew up at daycare with my brother and me and my brother are four years apart. I'm the eldest. And in daycare, everybody was talking about the PlayStation. Well, I thought it was like this, you build this massive jungle gym and one Christmas morning, there's this gray fucking box. And I'm like, what is this? And that was one of our introductions to video gamings. Um, and Spyro was one of them. We also, when I was little, we had the NES and yeah, it was me. It was pretty much me and my brother. We always wanted something to play where we didn't fight. So <laughs> it's not really as a woman. It's more so I always had, I always had a player too. So having a co-op buddy is what really got you into gaming then? Yeah, me and Blake, my brother, um, always fought all the time. Like, we had a love-hate relationship. And video games really brought us together. And it still does. Like, if we haven't seen each other in months, he'll be like, oh, I see that you've been playing blah, blah, blah on the PSN network or Xbox and stuff like that. And we'll start, we'll start back, like, our relationship back up with that. So, as a sister-sibling thing, that's how it started. But I will answer the other way. For game development, it's a competitive thing. I am one hell of a competitive bitch. <laughs> and video games are mostly male-dominated. And when I got into college, I wanted... I wanted to be a car designer, automobile designer, because my father was a master mechanic growing up, and I wanted to do that. I was also really into medical things, and then I was like, oh, I want something where I can actually use my mind and my imagination. I wanted something harder. I'm like, oh my god, well, video games I've grown up with all my life, plus it, the percentage, the percentile has probably changed now. But back in early 2000, 3% women was in the field. That's it. Yeah, the name that always pops into my head uh, when it comes to women in game development 
or just in- involved in it is Amy Hennig, who did the Uncharted games. Uh, she okay. had a Star Wars game that got canceled, but she's also working on something else right now. I don't know if they revealed what it is yet. Okay. Well, yeah, I I would be like literally the only chick in my classes. Or there may be like two. And the rest would be all males, so. So yeah, it was like a competitive thing, and I really liked that. So there's there's both answers. Very good answers. And a very good thank question, you, George. George. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for that. Next up is our good pal, Jason. Oh, goodness. What is Jason going to lay on me? Oh, boy. <laughs> Strap him. Strap in. All right. Let me get my strap on. I mean. No, don't get that. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Have you ever drawn a flamingo? Honestly, I don't think I have. There you go. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think I've drawn a flamingo. I've drawn bunches of birds, but not a flamingo. Maybe I was a kid when I had to like. I did like trace a stencil, but that's it. But nothing like professionally. Not recently, no. His second question is, do you believe in Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, UFOs? And he put a little funny joke here in the Flamingo Conspiracy. It's just a reference to our last, uh, was it the Q&A? Yeah, it was the last Q&A we did. Go listen yeah. to that one. You'll you'll understand what this is all about. I'm not going to get into it here. <laughs> mm, aliens, no, for really? sure. I I I don't think aliens. No. Um, now you mean in general? I have to ask real quick. Do you mean in general, or do you are you just referring to UFOs? Uh, in general, oh I no way! I don't believe there are. It's too big. The universe. Uh, I I don't think I don't think there is. We're here. That's proof enough to me that it can happen, that they, there can be life somewhere else. I mean, I'm not going to write it off, but right now, no, I I don't believe okay. anything. It's like there's been so many hoax to it, but I am also really interested in what they say about like crop circles and then how were pyramids built and stuff like that when things have such... A hundred percent acute ninety. Sorry, ninety yeah, the, degree. The pyramid angles, shit is weird. That is very weird. It's absolutely precise cuts and everything from people that did not have machines. So that's fascinating. But no, I don't believe there's aliens out there. Would I accept it? Yes. So, um, as for Bigfoot. That's a no from me. I don't think so either. I mean, there there could have been something tall and hairy at some point. Maybe, but yeah. I don't think it's this. Not Nessie either. Um, I keep seeing the posts a lot from maritime stuff where pretty much whale dicks sticking out of the water that look like <laughs> the silhouette of Nessie. Right. So that's a thing that apparently back then that's what guys would be seeing on ships is actually whale dick sticking out 
of the water. So, no. The only thing I do believe in is the paranormal. Interesting questions, Jason. Keep them coming. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Can't wait for your next batch when we do another (laughs) Q&A. Next up is Carrie. She has one question. What would your dream job be and why? You know, I go back and forth because I love things that come through the door that is really unexpected. But I have a little bit of a problem with being managed. Mm. Especially when someone doesn't know what they're talking about. And that's what caused me to walk away from my career. Um, Funny enough, I got three job offers this week. So I'm probably going to be dipping my toe back into it. I do miss it. But that's not her question. It's her dream job. If I could I and be stable, I would love to just hone in my misinfected name and just create out of my home. That's a great answer. To be able to spend time with my husband whenever he come, came home and spend all the time with my dogs for the rest of their lives and not be so stressed like it is in a studio. The crunch that comes with that, yeah. Yes, I, I, I know what comes with... If you would have asked me 10 years ago, yes, it would have been Game Studio, but I lived that. I know what comes with it. Yes, I want to go back, but I want to find a studio who appreciates me as an artist and a human being. And it's it's very tough. I thought I found that over the summer, but I didn't get the job. Um, but that was also out of state, too. And I really clicked with that team. Um, but the Georgia location is actually looking looking at me right now. So oh. I may be still with that company. Nice. But right now, it would be to hone in my misinfected name and hone in on my art and just get better. And because I've really been enjoying working on um, emotes for Twitch and stuff like that. That's been really, really fun. All right. So mis- misinfected it is for right now. Very cool. I like that answer. Thank you, Carrie. Next up is Brandon from the Graham Slam podcast. Guys, go check out his show. It's great. Can't recommend it enough. Question one, he has two. Oh, cool. With daughters of my own that love video games, what are some stereotypes and discriminations you've dealt with and has it got better over the years? In video game development, as a woman, you are... This is going to suck. You're not listened to fully. Unless you have a dick, or if you are transitioning. I will say that. But as a full woman, you're not listened to. Um, Not to the caliber that you believe you should be. So there still is that old 40s, 50s mentality. Um, 
It still lingers. It does. It sucks. Um, same thing with race is still a thing, too. And and we're even like, and, and that was something that also made me leave too. I noticed people of color and women weren't respected. I'm not. I don't want to group those two things together, but in my experience, they were kind of technically grouped together. Both sides were not listened to or appreciated uh, compared to if you were a straight white male. I'm just going to be honest. There is even a game company, uh, I'm not going to name names, that is in Georgia that is known to have frat mentality where um, either you are a fine looking female, you're allowed to kind of come in or you're college white male it's amazing how that shit still happens in 2022 it is and the classic like there's in video games the classic stereotype is scantily clad women in armor (laughs) yeah (laughs) that that that's a, a typical stereotype that doesn't really bother me it's bothered some other other friends of mine but hopefully that answered that question His second question is, if you could live in one video game, and it'd be real life, and you were a character in the game, which one would it be and why? Spyro pops in my head immediately, but I don't know if I want to be a character in it. I mean, I can answer this for you. (laughs) No, hold on, hold on. You know what game I'm thinking of. Well, the second game I thought of was Dragon Age. I, I'm pretty sure you were going to say Mass Effect. Yeah, of course. Like, you, you're not going to go hang out with Garrus on the Normandy? He may not love me, though. There's only one way to find out. <laughs> I would say to be a character in everything, I would have to choose Dragon Age. I love the Kunari too. So I would love to be a freaking Kunari. And that's also another. Uh, the theme today is Renaissance. I love all of that stuff. Uh, if I could take me to uh, the Haunted Castle level on Spyro, that's my favorite. Here's the thing though, Ash. You also have to take into account that when you go in these game worlds, the threats are going to be there. I know. So maybe Mass Effect is not a good pick because you got the Reapers coming. Uh-huh. That's fucking terrifying. I thought about that. So I'm sticking with Dragon Age. I mean, Garrus would protect you, but... Uh, yeah. To a certain maybe. degree. I mean, he can't really do much against a Reaper by himself, but he would try. Yeah, you need a crew. I saw Indy playing as a mage on Dragon Age. He can kill anything. And I was... I'm always a rogue... Thanks, Brandon. Those are great questions. I really enjoyed your second one. (laughs) And your first one. It's good, too. Did I surprise you? Yeah, I really thought you'd pick Mass Effect. Nah, I'm afraid of heights. In a deep, dark void that is space. You know I'm picking Mass Effect for my reasons. Oh, I know. You like blue tentacle women. Where's Liara? She on the Normandy? Okay. 
Anyways. <laughs> Next, we have a bunch of questions from our friends over at Two Peas, Ash. The Sweet Peas. I call them the Sweet Peas. Sweet Peas? Uh, I, I call them the Sweet Peas. I'm not going to call them that. That's okay. That's my nickname. <laughs> Can't steal it. Haley and Allie submitted 11 questions. That's right. 11 questions. Okay. Let's see. Uh, who, who are we going to start with first? Let's go with Haley. Question number one. What's your favorite things to draw? Butts and monsters. I like it. Straight to the point. Yep. I love drawing both of them. Butts crack me the fuck up. I love drawing really derpy ass things. So Indy can tell you. Like one of my favorite characters is Gudetama. It's a Japanese egg character. He's known as the lazy egg. And anytime I see him and his little little egg butt, I like freak out. <laughs> and then I, I love monsters. I I am I'm weird, I guess. I don't know. Little booty. Her second question is what got you into art? I have always drawn my whole life. Um I've even started teaching well not really teaching I kind of, like, passed down, like, some books to Indy's stepsister, Abby. Uh, I think she's 10. But I gave her some of the books that I grew up with. And that's, like, I started at a younger age, like, tracing animals in these books. And that started kind of triggering my muscle memory from my hand and eye coordination, stuff like that. But... Like I said, Blake didn't come into our lives till like four years later. So I've always been kind of a loner of a kid. So there was always pencils, papers, crayons around me. So I was always content, leave my ass in a corner and let me draw as a kid. And that kind of always stayed. Even in when I, when I got like my report cards, they, my teachers would complain about me and be like, well, we know one day she's going to be a great artist, but uh, she's kind of shit at math. I'm like, yeah, no no shit. <laughs> Fuck math. Like, to this day, like, yeah, anytime I got, like, report cards, they would always say that. Um, I also really liked writing, so I loved literature. So, yeah, heavily creative side. It's just something that's always been second nature to me. Um, and then my Aunt Rhonda apparently... She was an artist, um, and still is, and she can go months to years without drawing, mm. and then pick it up again and be incredible at it. Damn. It's mind-blowing. Like, portraits of people and animals. Even she was wanting to go uh, to art college, stuff like that. So, I've always called her, like, my second mom. So I feel like in some way, shape, or form, I got some of her traits, if that makes sense, even though she's my aunt. Oh, it makes sense. To shift gears, her third okay. question is, what's your favorite food? Oh, my God. 
much I love cream cheese wontons. Cream cheese wontons? I don't think I've ever had that. Crab, Rangoon. Oh, shit. We mentioned chicken and waffles earlier. I do like it, but I will never pass down Asian food. Ever. I agree. I I, I love Chinese food. Oh. Love it. To so death. So good, daddy. Cashew mm. chicken with all the vegetables roasted. Mm. Listen, I had dinner. You can stop now. I think I ate around 3.30. Shit, so I haven't eaten in a while. Damn, dude. <laughs> Does she ask me about dessert? Uh, no. She didn't ask I that. I'm going to answer that one, too. Um, I was surprised for my birthday. My mom and dad actually got me tiramisu. Mm. If you don't know what that mm. is, it's good. It is. It's like a coffee cake type thing made with um, biscuits that are known as ladyfingers, mm-hmm. and they're they're soaked in coffee. It's so good. You can easily botch that up, though. I've I've had some really terrible ones. I've heard. I haven't. I have not. This one. The one they got me, I think they got at a local grocery store, and it's, it's going to sound really weird, it's creamier than the normal tiramisu, where um, if you get the one at Publix, it's, you could definitely tell it's like a darker roast that they um, coated the cakes in, but this one was much more, sorry, I keep touching the mic. Stop touching the mic. Just kidding. I know. Sorry, I'm touching the mic. Um, this one's just a. There's a lot more cream to the one they got me. Still really good. It's just more like it has like the hint of coffee. Hmm. But goddamn, I love me some coffee. Actually, there was another arty question here. Uh, okay. It's right after the food one. Arty questions. Do you like using watercolor? This is a hilarious question. Because growing up, I despised watercolor. Despised. I never liked the way it dried. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, I don't know why. It's weird. It is weird. Um, I don't know. I can't. I can't. I just can't describe it. Watercolor growing up felt like chaos. I felt like I couldn't control it. But when I started going to art college. I all of a sudden, like, I, when they told us we we're going to be doing um, inks and watercolors, I was like, oh, my God, gross. But then I fell in love with it. I actually got legit watercolors. And it is one of my favorite mediums now, hmm. especially mixing it with ink. So it takes practice and fuck Crayola. <laughs> Don't use Crayola, if you want to watercolor, you're welcome to spend the tip of the day. Her last question is Mass Effect related. So more Mass Effect. Why is Mass Effect the greatest game series ever? That's your opinion. Big blanket statement there, Haley. This is coming from somebody who loves Mass Effect. Yes, it's one of them. Like I said, I also really love Dragon Age. So, was the question why? Yes, why is it the greatest ever? 
a simple answer to that, and I've, I'm not sure if I've talked about it on air. Um, to me, it is, it's got such a human aspect to it, even though you're dealing with aliens and humans. The fact that the, that your team tends to kind of grow with you and stay with you, the interactions of you as the player versus the AI team seems so real and so personal to your story. It's unlike any other game. The next one would be like Dragon Age. Um, but there still is sometimes like a little bit of a disconnection on Dragon Age where across the three Mass Effects, Andromeda is a whole different thing. This crew stays with you. They have loyalty to you. I mean, at first they're like, oh, you're a new commander and stuff like that. But you go through hell in three games with these, I don't want to say people, but with these creatures, humans alike. And you love, you hate, you cry. There's so many true to life emotions built in that game. This is absolutely amazing and you feel like you are living in that game i think that's why in my personal opinion why it's one of the greatest games ever made i just realized i missed a question that haley submitted okay. so I'm, I'm adding it right now one second let's see uh, okay this is her last question all right What's your favorite thing about Indy? Oh, he's a ginger. Is that what it is? No, I actually don't give a fuck about that. <laughs> I uh, just threw that out there. Well, <laughs> listen, I, I will say the one thing I'll say physical attribute and then personal. That man's got a fine ass. He's I don't need to know that. Butt. I don't well, need to know that. She asked. He's got a football you can player tell her booty. Privately, I don't need to hear well, that. Well, everybody's gonna know that. I love his little booty. Eight out of ten. <laughs> Twenty out of ten. It's probably a seven. Oh my! No, he's he's got a perky butt. Um, there's so many things to love about him. How can you just name one? I love his protectiveness and his ability to make me laugh no matter how upset I am. He always finds a way to cheer me up, whether it is wearing these really tight pajama pants that are that Star Wars on my mom fucked <laughs> up on the sizing. And so he only pulls them out and puts them on his tight butt. And bends over like Nacho Libre when I'm like super depressed and it kills me every time. So I would say that his love for his family and protectiveness, not just family, but his love, I'll say loved ones because he's, he's the same way towards his friends versus family. Um, His ability to make me laugh and his little booty. I'm looking at all the questions again. They don't have 11. My bad. They only have 10. So I'm making a lot of mistakes right now. Oh, no, you're doing you're doing great. 
What's your fa- what's your favorite thing about Indy? Uh, <gasps> putting you on the spot. I don't know. Probably his um hatred towards the Halo show. No, I, I no, not that. That's um. <laughs> My favorite thing about him is him, his personality. Is that yeah, an answer? That's a good, yeah, that's a good answer. There you go. And now he has a big head right now. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Thank you, Haley. Those are some great questions, but let's move on. Thank you, my sweet pea. Sally. She's got four. When did you start getting into art? I think you already answered this. Pretty much. Yeah. The same thing. I kind of grew up with it. Um, I'll add one extra little story to that. Um, I used to <laughs> thank God my parents don't listen to the show. Um, in high school, I used to hide out in the bathrooms and draw during lunch break. I would skip lunches and just draw. I, I was, I drew all the fucking time in high school and middle school. And even I drew people like pen, like ballpoint pen tattoos. This is how I've learned that I fucking hate the smell of coconut tanning spray because there was this dude always made me draw like Confederate flags on him and he just got out of. Now, I'm in the South, so I'm in Georgia. So during this time, like this was 2005, 2006. Um, yeah, he would always come back from the fucking tan salon coated in this shit and I'd have to draw his little ballpoint pen tattoos on his arm and I'm like eh. and I love coconut but I don't know what this was maybe it was the smell of burning flesh and coconut gross question number two who are some of your biggest artistic influences Ooh, okay. Well, I mentioned earlier Da Vinci is one of my top favorite artists. Um, obviously an inventor, a mastermind. Um, H.R. Geiger, which people also say his last name is Giger. So I, I'm sorry, however way you pronounce it. Um, <laughs> living today, I love Beast Wreck. I've actually talked to him a couple of times. I have a few of his pieces. And last year, I bought a couple of things from his LV426 sale. If you don't know what that is, April 26th is Alien Day. And it's so approaching. I will, yep. Coming close. So it's one of, my, one of my other favorite like miniature holidays to me. Um, so I love him. Uh, there's a girl that literally lives probably 20 minutes from me. Her name is Art Attack. Love her. Never met her. Um, I'm also one of like, I'm on her Patreon right now. Uh, she sends out stickers and a postcard every month and her art is adorable. I don't want to say what other stuff she does. Uh, cause you guys might think I don't want to get like down the religious realm. Those are the first two I can think of. And then recently on Twitch, the past three months, I came across Cody Shibi, and he does Making Monsters on Tuesdays. So that's what I've started doing, and it's really brought me 
out of like this art funk that I've been in. Because that's kind of another thing that when you make art your job, by the time that you come home, you don't want to work on any more art because you've made it your nine to five or uh, 10 hours. There's uh, some people who say that about uh, game development, like they're too afraid to, uh, I mean, the, like the game programmers, like the uh, the guys who work on the uh, the level designs and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and they have to animate all of it. By the time they're done with their job, at the end of the day, they don't want to come home and play games. So yes. that kind of scares some people off. Yes, doing that it's stuff. very true. It's very true. Because even when Indy got into um, 3D printing, and I was like, oh my gosh, I really need to show him how to 3D model. And I would like, I'd sit down on the computer, I'm like, oh god, no, I don't want to do this. For it being my off time. So, yeah, I got derailed there for a second, but I'll I'll stick I'll stick with those. But I was saying, Cody, Cody um, I've really enjoy his work. Um, I love his personality and everything, and I've really enjoyed the community that he's built. Um, he's not one of my favorite artists, but he's an artist that I actually kind of inspired to be right now um, with Twitch and everything. So hopefully that answers that question. Question number three. What is a character you would love to cosplay? <gasps> oh, I've always wanted to do Ursula. I just don't have titties. And I love Flemeth from Dragon Age. She's an old woman in there and turns out to be like one of the elder dragons because she's she's a witch i would love to portray her i love flemeth so much okay so apparently i just want white hair (laughs) so i love ursula flemeth and i would love to create my own like sith lord from star wars Indy can probably help you with that. That would be fun. But that would be like my own type of creation type thing. Because also, I really love the Tusken Raiders. I am i don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to be my own like Sith Lord Tusken Raider thing. That would be tight. I like that question. Yeah, it's very good. That was good. Thank you. Here's the final question. I think you're going to like this one. What's one place you would love to visit? Uh, Top of my head, because it is springtime right now, and my two favorite seasons is autumn and spring. Um, I love gardening, so I've always wanted to go to Japan during their Cherry Blossom Festival. I really want to go there. Out of all places, I've been to Savannah, Georgia so many times, and anytime I go there... It feels like home. And maybe because I love history so much and I love the paranormal eeriness. And I've never been I've never been to New Orleans, so that's my second. But to be surrounded by just flowers in the trees like that, walking through the parks and having the wind blow and just these little petals floating around you. Oh my gosh. And then have a cup of boba 
and some taiyaki, <laughs> I would love it so much. That's what I choose. I would a cherry blossom festival in Japan. That was a sweet question. Yeah, all these questions were great. Like I really enjoyed this Q and A session. I, I gotta say, this was probably better than the last one. Oh, you think so? I really, I was so jealous of the last one. I was like, oh my god, I want to answer these questions. Well, you got better questions. <laughs> I definitely got questions geared geared towards me, and I really enjoyed this. And I'm sure next time we're going to have even better questions, but it might be a little bit before we do another one of these. We're going to space them out so they feel a little bit more special. I just kind of felt like you and Indy got that questionnaire, and then, uh, unfortunately, Jacques took his break. I, I really miss him. Yeah. Um, miss he's, you, buddy. He's my buddy. Um, so I was looking forward to having a questionnaire with Jacques, and I was like, oh, I'll be really nice. I really want the listeners, because I'm not on the show very often i'm like well it'd be really curious i'm curious to see like what they would ask me or they want to know about me because i'm relatively an open book um but i will say one thing to finish off the questionnaire thing Uh there was a lot of art questions you can draw everybody has the ability of some kind of art that they can pull off Art is just your imagination and time, the time you put into it. So if you're looking at my art or any other professional, it's because they have spent countless hours, days, training their eye and their hand to do it. There's people that just do paint pouring. Um... Indy, he does spray paint art and does a beautiful job at it. So this, I don't want anybody out there to feel discouraged that they can't do art. It's not true. There are numerous forms of art. People say like singing, writing. It's just don't get discouraged is all, is all I really want to finish up saying that you can do it. You can do Literally, the cheesy thing is you can put anything, you can do anything you set your heart and mind to. It's just, it takes practice. Literally. I agree. Just got to put the time in it. Yeah. It takes a lot of patience. And have fun with it. Have fun with it. I know it can yep. be very frustrating, but eventually you'll you'll reach a breakthrough point once you keep doing it. And yeah, it's... Art's meant to be something, uh, a form of expression, a form of releasing emotion or whatever you're feeling, whatever you want to convey, a story you want to tell. I can't add anything more to that. You perfectly nailed it. Oh, Everything she said. (laughs) Do that and take that information and use it well. But Ash, we are at the end of the show, so you know what that means. It's surprise mechanic time. Should have recorded that. Well, I, I do have a recording of that. Maybe I'll save it for next time. Oh, shit. We, we can put that in the beginning. <laughs> each. No, I'm just kidding. But that's a good idea. But maybe we'll do something maybe with that little, at some little point. Little jingles. That'd be cute. A jingle surprise mechanic thing. 
Yeah, jingle surprise mechanic. Shit. I gotta get on that. That's a good idea. Indy would want to do something like Doom related. No. <laughs> so do you do you want to go first or me? Oh, I guess you gotta you gotta explain it. I have to. I, I because there's always new listeners and they're and yeah. the regulars are probably sick and tired of me explaining what surprise mechanics is. But like I just said, new listeners. I don't want them coming in and being like, what the hell is surprise mechanics? So just a quick rundown of what this is. Surprise mechanics is when Ash and the or me will bring something completely random to the show. Both of us don't know what the other person is going to do. Ash could talk about her obsession with Garrus. I could challenge her with trivia questions. Or maybe I'll talk (laughs) about the time I took a baseball bat to my stomach. Friend doing practice swings. I didn't know he was doing practice swings. Came behind him, swung around, bam, right in the stomach, full force. Is that a legit story? That is a legit story. That could have been a good surprise mechanic, but oh my god, (laughs) I decided to use it as a test just to show everybody what it could be. All right, I'm surprised by that example. It can literally be about anything. That's why we call it Surprise Mechanics. So, uh, Ash, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Well, I've been talking a lot. That's why I gave you the option this time. Usually the host throws it over to the other person, but I figured you want a little break. Yeah, give me a minute or two. I'm curious what (laughs) your actual story or whatever you're going to throw at me is. Okay, well, it just happened recently. I went to Walmart to pick up some groceries and other things. But when I went down the bread aisle, I went to the gluten-free section because I eat gluten-free bread. Okay. Grabbed one of the breads. I can't remember which brand it was, but I grabbed it off the shelf. It's about to put it in the cart. And then I look at it and I notice the entire bread is green. No. This is the most moldiest bread I've ever seen in my life. So I'm like, holy shit. Like, I can't put this back on the shelf. I got to find somebody. They got to dump it. So I go to one of the Walmart employees. It took me a minute to find one. But when I finally found one, I said, hey, like, you got to get this off the shelf. I mean, look at it. So she grabs it, tilts it to the left, tilts it to the right. And then she tilts her head a little bit, and she's like, uh, yeah, I guess we can't sell that. Uh. And I'm like, it's green. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling, because this Walmart does weird shit, I, I wouldn't be surprised they'd stick it in the clearance aisle. Oh, sell it, sell it as spinach, spinach bread? St. Patrick's Day bread, probably. You could just label oh, it as that. Oh, no. Special green. I wish I took a picture of this. Oh, my God. I honestly thought you were going to say, so there it is, me walking down the aisle, and it starts moving on its own. But, yeah, that's it. Very short, brief, but it was absolutely disgusting. Like I said, I would have took a picture of it, but my phone Uh was at 10%. When you're that low and you don't have a charger anywhere, you don't want to be taking any pictures. You want to save whatever battery life you have left. Yeah. And you're also you're also in New York, so anything can happen. That bread looked like it was alive. 
Oh, I bet. Picture a bright green bread. If you could compare what what shade of green? I'd say Lucky Charms green. <gasps> yeah, that bad. I don't know what's oh. in that gluten-free bread, but there's something in there that must drastically change the coloring. And when I saw oh that, I'm like, God. yeah, not buying that again. Yeah, because like normal bread goes like white and sometimes like I don't want to say like bruisey color, but yeah, blues and stuff like that. Ugh. All right. Gonna throw it over to you now. What is your surprise mechanic? I'm gonna tell the story. So I'm a type one diabetic. Um and me and Indy started dating I believe it was April of 2014 and by that time so I was diagnosed like winter spring of 2012 so very relatively new to my diabetic life um I think I was still on shots back then where now I'm on an insulin pump so (laughs) bless this man he experienced my first low blood. Now, what's a low blood? That's all right. So, describe a normal range of blood sugar to you people that are normal working pancreases. You guys normally hover between like 75 and 100. Okay. I, on the other hand, can go 500. And that's like hospital numbers. Yeah. All the way down to zero, which is death. So when I say low blood, anything under 90, I will start to feel it. And the way I feel it is sometimes it'll feel like, like back then it feels like cinder blocks are attached to my feet. I also get really childish. Like I get really, really playful and then I'll just crash. Like, I'll be an aggravating little fucktard. And then all of a sudden, I won't be able to, like, breathe. Um, I won't be able to feel, like, my hands, like, my motor functions start going. And what it does is what it's doing is drawing all your blood to your heart to keep your heart alive while everything else drains. So, literally, from 100 down to zero that's your life gauge in normal terms. So I don't remember what my blood sugar got that night. I was probably in the 70s or 60s. And those are numbers where I'm like shaking like a leaf. And um, diabetics, um, when they get into certain numbers, with me, when I have a low blood, I don't want to eat. I fight it, and that that's, makes it really, really difficult. So there's also something called, like, a, a glucosine pen where you can actually inject glucose, which is sugar. To help kick the number up a bit without having to eat yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So this one night, we were in bed, and I started aggravating the shit out of Andy. And it was one of the first times that he's experienced me with a low blood, and all of a sudden... I was like, whoa, and like almost started to like pass out. And he's like, what's going on? Oh my God. 
And I was like, oh, I think I'm having low blood. So at the time I, I grabbed my blood checker, checked it for sure. Low blood. He's like, all right, what do I get you? And I was like, okay, well, there's like uh, some candy over there or wherever it was. He had started to spend the night with me. So we were being lovers before marriage, like you normally do. And um, he would spend the night with me. And this man, apparently, I did not know he liked fruit candy. <laughs> he ate all of my fruit candy, and I did not know this. Oh, man, Indy, what are you doing? And left me the chocolate. So he starts handing me chocolate. And I look at this, and I mean, I'm like half child mind. I look at this chocolate in my hand, and I was like, I don't want this. Look at him. I was like, where's where's my fruit? He's like, he looked down. He's like, it's it's gone. I was like, what do you mean it's gone? He's like, I ate it. And he gave me some more chocolate. All my little pea brain registered was, no. I grabbed this handful of chocolate and started chunking it at him. There you go. I don't fucking want this. Why you eat all my shit? <laughs> and how did he react to that? Uh, he protected his face and he's like, but you gotta eat it. I was like, well, if you just don't eat all my shit, I don't want chocolate. I want, I want my starburst and all my fruity shit. But all you do is be a man and eat all my shit. So, he comes over your place, and, you know, I don't know if it's the first or second or third time or whatever, and he eats all your shit. Uh-huh. What the hell's the matter with you, Wendy? Manners. He you gotta he leave didn't like, know. At the very least, you gotta leave one there. Can't eat them all. He loves fruit. I, like, I always say that I'm a fruit bat, but he loves fruit, too. Uh, now he knows... <laughs> Now, it's probably all over the house. You open up a closet, there's stacks of it. He knows to leave me options now. I've never thrown candy at him again. <laughs> I mean, I was Ooh. launching this shit at him. I don't want chocolate! Good, he deserves it. You don't go over someone's place and eat all of their special candy. I'm sorry. <laughs> all my special candy. Not that kind of special but, candy, but... But even... Not that kind. <laughs> Like, early on, like, even to this day, I share everything with him, so I didn't, like, obviously, in my right mind, I didn't care that whatever he ate, but when I get to those lows, I've almost passed out one time because I just refuse to eat. Mm. It's crazy. So, diabetes is a hell of a drug. This was a very strange surprise mechanic session we had in this episode talking about multi bread talking about ash throwing candy and indy <laughs> i did not that was expect the that. first low blood he's experienced he experienced with me and i'll never forget it and i'm sure he's never gonna forget it oh man this has been really fun ash i had a really yes, good time with this been. episode it just flew by we're at 155 i know i can't believe it it's crazy it's nuts. Well, it's not going to be 155 when this is edited down and stuff, but 
that's what my timer is saying right now. One fifty five. I, I can't. I I thought it was like an hour, and I looked. I'm like, oh wow, we're almost two hours already. Look at that. I know. Look at that. I know. That's crazy. But yeah, guys, thank you so much for submitting all of those questions. We really appreciate every single one of them. And we can't wait for the next round of questions when we do another Q&A, because that's going to happen again. At some point, we're going to do another one. But until then, it's bedtime, because (laughs) it says 12.07, I think. No, 12.10 on my clock. This is when my brain shuts off. So that (laughs) means I got to wrap shit up before I just start messing up left and right. And nobody wants that. Or maybe you do, and it would make you laugh, but it won't make me laugh. I'll just be annoyed. Mikey needs night-night time. Once again, you can follow us by... Follow us by... See? Here we go. Starting to mess up. You can go down to the description, once again, you know, to the link tree. Follow our shit. We would like you to do that, because we need your help. And we want you to tell people about our show. And our Discord. And our Twitch. And everything else in between. Mm Mm-hmm. Because we want to grow. And we want to become something here. Be something bad, something good. I don't know. But we want to become something. Uh, Badasses. Badasses. There you go. Any closing comments, Ash? Nope. I I really appreciate the questions. I hope you guys really enjoy this episode. And that you got to learn a little bit more about me. See, they don't need to learn anything more about me. Because everything in my brain is just oatmeal, Liara. And video games. That's it. It's all it's in there. Pretty much. Uh huh. And and toys. You like action figures too. No toys of Liara because they don't have much of that. No, they don't. I've looked. Just the body pillows. <laughs> and on that note, this has been another episode of the Balanced Gamers Podcast. Thanks again, guys, for listening. Once again, I'm Mike. And I'm Ashy Slashy, apparently. I think that's going to stick. I like it. All right, guys. You all have a good one. Stay safe. Thank you. Bye.